Welcome back to the podcast guys and thanks for joining me on episode 8. Today we're joined by 20 year old Dylan Lombard, one of only 15 people in the world diagnosed with a very rare condition known as MDP, a condition which prevents the storage of fat cells, primarily affecting the face, arms and legs, given Dylan his unique appearance. Along with MDP, Dylan also has autism. Dylan discusses his life up until now from wearing a mask over his face to hide from the world and dealing with the school bullies and internet trolls to learning to love and accept himself for the unique and talented person that he truly is. He has the most unique and inspiring energy and I found myself smiling in his presence throughout both on and off camera. Dylan has not let MDP and autism define him. He's a successful photographer, dancer, content creator and influencer using his substantial social media following to raise awareness for those with facial differences around the world. His daily messages of support and kindness capture so many people's attention and admiration and I promise after listening you will know exactly why. As ever folks, this is an unsupported podcast which aims to share real stories from real people who have shown resilience to overcome their battles in life. If you have enjoyed the podcast and the message I'm trying to spread, then please review, share and follow via your podcast platform and YouTube or visit the Remember Resilience Instagram page where you can view more content of my guests. When people don't understand what something is, they are always going to look at it. They're always going to maybe comment on it as well, or some people maybe even laugh at it. I realised in myself they're doing that because of the lack of awareness. You danced, it was quite a short dance, but the verse was, I love my life, I am powerful, I am beautiful, I am free. And you, you were free in that moment. It's that freezing moment in time where you're not letting anything else destroy you. So you're letting all, all your feelings and emotions escape. Dylan, thanks very much and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank, thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. Um, we had a bit of hassle getting here at City Centre traffic, so uh, I'm glad we got here and we can get started because I've been looking forward to meeting you forever, for a good while now. Um, so I first first heard of you actually when I made social media, my Instagram page, like just at the turn of this year. And I think because we're pretty local, yours must have came up. Um, and I clicked on your page and I seen that you were for Govan Hill and stuff. And I seen your, your wee tagline yeah. and all, all it said was, I may look different, but it's okay with a smiley face. And I'm like, and I, I was, that was me obsessed with, with, with your, with your uh, Instagram page. Um, I just found it so inspiring at that time. I was new to social media, so I didn't really know what people posted or anything. It was just never my thing. Um, and then I seen your page and I seen your kind of daily messages of positiveness, of positivity, um, and kind of touching on some of the, the hassles and obstacles that you's, you've had to overcome in your life as well. So honestly, I, I've actually wrote down, when I'm researching a guest, I, wrote, I always write down a, a, a few words and I've wrote photographer, inspirational, businessman, social media influencer, and overall good guy. So that, that's my that's my one liner to, to describe you. So um, as far as your condition goes, Dylan, you've got a condition called MDP. So I'll let you explain it. But am I right in saying that you are only one in in fifteen people in the whole world yes, that have this? Uh, so that's a one in five hundred million chance. Yes. That is unique for sure. Um, so so what is it? What does it stand for? And if you could tell us a, a little bit more about about the condition. 
So NDP stands for mandibular dysplasia with deafness and prodroid features. Okay. And so the effects can include the loss of hearing and it can also include the loss of fat on the cheeks, arms and legs. Right, okay. So because of the loss of fat, it can sometimes be difficult to walk for long periods of time. And also because of the loss of hearing, sometimes loud noises can really be harmful. But also the... Sometimes I'll need someone to repeat something yeah. because I might have misheard it or the sound is not upright. Yeah. So is there any other um, negatives to your overall health? It's not like a, a life-reducing illness, is it? You can still live to a normal age? Yeah, so the condition isn't life-limiting. Um, it's just a condition where you're diagnosed, but you have the condition for life. Right, okay. Um, and was this diagnosed at birth or, or was it something that only became obvious um, as you as you developed, basically? Um, so people with NDP syndrome um, can be diagnosed at any age. Right, okay. Um, for example, I was diagnosed when I was 10, so it took scientists 10 years for, for me to be diagnosed right. with the condition. Just because it was so rare? Yeah, because it's so rare and there's that lack of awareness um, and I feel that there is, because there's so many different conditions and NDP, I would say, is one of the rarest and also because a lot of hospitals and doctors still don't really understand and the effects that the condition has. Right, okay. So um, was your facial differences obvious, at, 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 like, from birth, or was it only as you started to get a little bit older? I think people started to see the changes and people started to see that I did look a tiny bit different from other people. Yeah. And, for example, a lot of my mum's friends started noticing changes as I was going older. Right, okay. And then that's how, what highlighted it to then go and seek kind of medical advice? Yeah, so then that's when my mum started getting more worried and because it was her baby boy. Yeah. And she really, she wanted to know what was wrong as well. And so she tried to get in touch with lots of doctors just to try and help the doctors to understand that there is something wrong and my mum wanted the doctors to try and help solve the problem. So the doctors did lots of tests and they did lots of x-rays. But they didn't always find a solution, but sometimes they may suggested things like cancer or progeria. But... I do have, like, progeria features, like, my facial structure is the same as progeria, but it's not the same condition. Is progeria the, um, like, accelerated ageing? Yeah, so progeria is an ageing condition that means you age really quickly, but it's also a life-limiting condition. Right, okay, so you don't have that, you're expected just to live a normal age. Um, and you were diagnosed with autism as well as a child. Is that yeah, so when I was diagnosed with MDP, 
a few years later and then was diagnosed with autism. Yeah. And I feel that, again, no one had the awareness or the lack of information about what autism was. Yeah. So my mum tried to get in touch with a few people who have autism and she joined a few social groups to try and get some information about what autism was. So she talked to people and she really, it really helped her to understand what autism was. Yeah. And at first, when my mum told me that I had autism, I, again, didn't know what that was. And I thought that, again, this was just another condition that's going to define me. Yeah. But And I thought that it was a bad thing. I thought that it's going to overtake me or it's going to be with me for my whole life. And you've not let that happen. Yeah, <laughs> so you've not let that happen at all. So what age were you when, when that um, autism diagnosis came? So Can you the remember? autism diagnosis uh, when I was 12 years old. Um, so a few years later after MDP. Um, and I think that also played a part in... I think because when I was diagnosed with MDP, again, I didn't understand what it was. Yeah. But with autism... And it's different from NDP because autism isn't really a physical condition. It's something that sometimes it's quite hard to see. And I feel that sometimes it's hard for other people to understand that they're doing things differently because people with autism see the world differently and they do things differently. So, for example... Someone with autism likes things to be really neat and tidy. And also, they don't like waiting for long periods of time. And also, people with autism also find it hard to social conversations, which I feel that... I'm not really bad at that anymore. No, that's that's maybe the one, like, well, one of many, I'm sure, artistic trait that you don't seem to have. Do you know, my, my dealings on, on people with autism is, is very limited and it's something that I don't know much about. But um, I know from your social media and seeing you on TV and different other things, listening to you on other podcasts as well, like, you, you're basically using your autism and your and your MDP as a, as a chance to go out there and show the world who you are and what you're like. Um, I want to touch on, we'll, we'll get to the school years and whatever else as well, but I want to touch on your positive messages, your daily positive messages. Yeah. Um, there's no point in me trying to recite what you say, do you know, because it, it's not going to mm-hmm. sound the same coming from me. Um, but your your Instagram following is over quarter of a million, quarter of a million people enough they might not all listen daily but the vast majority of them will um when they wake up in the morning they click on and they hear your positive message of the day it does it does make a difference because it makes a difference to me and i'm saying that genuinely um what's your idea behind that why do you do it um i feel i started doing it because i really i feel that everyone should have a message that they want to share to the world and my, I feel like I was inspired by just going out and taking photographs. Yeah. And I think when I go out to take photographs, I'm able to think that I've taken a really good photo today, but I'm also going to write something about that. Right, okay. And also, 
I feel that in my past I've also had a lot of negative feelings and a lot of negative emotions and I also try and find that writing my feelings and emotions down is a great way to help me think better but also to think that if something negative is happening, I can always turn that into a positive. Brilliant. Not a lot of people can do that. Do you know if you could bottle that up and sell it, <laughs> you'd be worth a fortune. But that's what it is. It's just your way of kind of taking a step back, putting your kind of energy into making it into a positive situation through your photo uh, ph photography and obviously your, your written word as well. Um, Going back to your earlier earlier days, like through through school, was your facial difference had, had that became obvious at the start of kind of primary school and stuff, or had it not yet developed to an extent? Um, so I was think that at the start, I think it's I think for everyone, it's always going to be a challenge starting school. But I think for me, starting school was an even difficult challenge because. You don't really know anyone when you start something new. Yeah, of course. And also, when you're, you've not got a diagnosis, so you yourself don't know what it is, but other people don't understand as well. And I think when people don't understand what something is, they are always going to look at it. They're always going to maybe comment on it as well, or some people maybe even laugh at it. And I think that because people do that, I realised in myself they're doing that because of the lack of awareness. They're doing that because they don't know what it's like having a condition or they may not have experienced something like that before. The maturity that you must have had to recognise that is... is genuinely unbelievable Dylan because so many people would use the negativity um, that you're faced with and it would just fester on them and, and it would be such a their school years would be such a, a negative um, time in their life uh, to the point where they might never actually recover even into their, their adulthood uh, so at a young age did you recognise that, that, that maybe people that were having a laugh or, or a bit of bullying and stuff as well did you not see them as bad kids? You just see th seen them as unaware kids, basically? Um, I feel like because I then realised that when people were laughing, when people were saying things, is that I first thought that they're doing that because they don't understand. But it's like, it's not that I want to for them to understand. I want people to accept yeah. that people are different. Yeah. And also, I think that that's another thing that's... I feel that in society, there, there is a, the lack of acceptance and, there, again, there is the lack of understanding. And I feel that when people were doing those type of things, I thought that, is there a way out of this? Is there a way that I can make this a positive? And I thought that... Because I also used to wear a cap right, okay. over my head and it would cover half of my face. Oh, really? Just So the the cap would help stop uh, people from seeing my face. Oh, so that was a deliberate uh, kind of disguise almost? Yeah, to so to, 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 to cover it's kind of like I was trying to hide myself away from right, people. Okay. And I feel that that's something that 
I do regret doing and I feel that I wish I hadn't done that but I feel that I thought that I was I was going to do that because there was no other way to stop people from laughing or staring um, but I felt that if I did that I was going to feel quite isolated, quite lonely yeah. and again that having that diagnosis of autism as well is finding that hard in social conversations yeah. and I feel at that time at primary school I did find it hard to talk to people um, but also I found it hard to go up to someone just to have a simple conversation and I feel that because of my facial difference I felt that it was the same people were afraid or scared to come up to me and I felt that if one person came up to me just to talk to me, yeah. then other people will say, oh, look, he's going to talk to him. And then that person might not talk to them because they've talked to me. All right, so you were trying to protect them people as, as well. So what was was there a defining kind of moment or time that you, that you, you ripped the mask off, basically ripped the disguise off, and you, th- and you thought, you know what? world this is me you can love me or hate me but I'm not going to hide anymore was there a time uh, that that happened or did it just kind of gradually happen um yeah so there eventually there was one day where I thought that I'm really sick and tired of hiding away and I really thought that if I have something but I'm keeping it away I'm not telling anyone about it I'm just keeping it in um, there's no point hiding away and there's no point because again there there won't be any awareness and understanding so I thought that what better way to show people is that I was who I was meant to be and I feel that I was given a condition but it didn't make me weaker it made me stronger as a person so I feel that the condition it did sometimes made me have difficult days and days where I thought that, oh, I can't keep going because something's happened, people are laughing. But I thought that because I was given the condition, I was able to turn that into a positive story to tell to, to people. Tell people. I think that's such a... a <sighs> It's, it's such a lesson that people can learn nowadays in the, in the world of social media and photoshopping and filters where everybody's trying to make themselves look a bit different, a bit better. Um, people should take a leaf out of your book and just say, you know, this is who I am. Like, just everybody's different. Like you say, this is the way I look. Doesn't mean I'm a nice person, doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It's literally just skin deep. Um, honestly, that's so inspiring to think that you went from walking about with a disguise covering your face so that no one would interact or speak to you to just one day thinking, do you know what, if I don't show the world myself, then I'm never going to help any other people. And that brings me on, you're, you're an ambassador for the charity Changing Faces yeah. in the UK, which is a, a UK-based charity uh, for people that have kind of facial differences, whether that's through conditions like yourself, but it can be through like uh, accidents like burn victims and stuff as well. So... It's a charity that basically helps them and, and uh, makes the public more awareness of their kind of struggles as well. How did that come about? Um, so I thought that, again, you were talking about the positive messages that I do. Um, and I think because I've kept doing that, 
there was a charity Changing Faces that got in touch with me and they were like, you're really good at raising awareness for your condition but also trying to spread positivity within your community and the people around me. So they thought that I could do a little, um, be like an influencer or do um, talks for them, talking about my condition, but also helping people who maybe find it difficult because I feel that everyone who maybe has a facial difference or looks a bit different, they sometimes struggle to talk about their experiences and talk about how they're feeling because I feel that some people are maybe still seeing their difference as a negative, something that maybe changed their life. But I feel that sometimes it takes a wee while to understand that you were given a condition, but that doesn't mean, again, you're not a bad person or it doesn't make you less than anyone else. It just makes you unique and it makes you stand out from everyone else. I think on looking through both your own posts and the charity's posts, it's quite obvious that, like, even given your age, I mean, you've just turned 20, is that right? Yeah. You're, like, a role model for the people um, from Changing Faces, and that is not just people that are younger than you, um, and it's not even just, although that charity is UK-based, there's people from all over the world that contact you and see you as a role model and a bit of inspiration for them, someone that they can look up to who also suffer from a facial difference but you are out there, we'll come on to what you're doing with your life, which is incredible for any 20-year-old, never mind someone that's had the, that's got the autism and the MDP that you have, you've still to contend with that. Um, but they see you as this like, beacon of light for them. Um, it's, it's amazing. So we'll, we'll go by the school years, so primary school and high school, high school pretty much just the same. Yeah. Um, and then you found photography. Tell us about that, because... What I don't want this podcast to be is you, you've not let autism or MDP define you and I'm not going to let it define this podcast either. So obviously we need to paint a picture of what the condition that you have and some of the struggles that you've had to go through. But I want a good portion of the podcast to be about actually we've got a 20-year-old here that's got his own photography business. He's danced for children in need in front of millions of people on live television like there's a lot more to you than just the yeah. condition and I think that's important really important to, to get out um, so photography to me and, and and correct me if I'm wrong with your autism the world is flying by a lot of the time and you maybe didn't feel part of that world in extent Um do you think that photography was like almost a chance for you to pause the world, like freeze the world, and then just concentrate on that one image, that one event, and then your thoughts and your energy can then go into that? Or am I totally wrong? <laughs> yeah, so I feel that when I used to just go out and take photos, I felt that there is always that moment where I'm glued to something and it's something that like, again, again, the, everything else evaporates. So it's that freezing moment in time where you're just glued to something and you want to take a photograph of it. But because you're glued to it, you're not letting anything else distract you. So you're letting all, all your feelings and emotions escape. 
and you're just in that moment and I feel that when you're in that moment you feel proud that you're in that moment because you're capturing a moment in time but you're also saying to yourself that I've captured a moment in time but that moment won't happen again because I feel once you've captured a moment you've captured it and you can't take that away and you can't repeat it so being able to capture a moment in time Makes you makes yourself feel good, but also you feel good because again you have something that you can share with people within your community, but also you can share it around people, and you can also show people how beautiful the world really is. And I feel with photography, you can really show people that the world is beautiful, but you're showing people how you're seeing the world through your own eyes. That's amazing, and it's 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 now just not a hobby. You're you're selling some of your work. You're getting commissions. You're selling prints of some of the, the photographs and stuff you've taken, and I've seen them. They're amazing. They are like so good. You're you're obviously really talented at it, and that's what you're doing at college just now. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm studying photography at college, and I feel that studying photography has helped me to make new connections. But it's also helped me to tell a story. And I felt that through telling a story with photography, because photography is a really big thing in the world. There's so many photographers out there. And there's always people who are showing people um, how they see the world. And I feel that being able to show people how you see the world is that you can show people what photographs you're taking, but also you can show um, how you're feeling in that moment. And I felt that a lot of my photographs only feature that one person in them. Yeah. And the reason that there's only that one person is because I'm trying to show how I'm feeling through the photography. Yeah. So a lot of them are featuring one person because... A lot of the time when I'm walking around, I do feel lonely and isolated because I'm on my own. So I tried to show that in the photography and I felt showing that in the photography, I'm showing people that I do have moments where I am feeling lonely, but I can turn that into a really positive photograph. By creating a piece of art, basically. Um, and you, you live in Shawlands, which as we've discussed, it's like a wee mini city in, in, in itself. It's a, a, a really kind of multicultural place, quite highly populated. There's a lot going on there. And that's where you take yourself and your camera off to most days. Um, and we were actually discussing there that you'll now you've got the confidence and you you've got the confidence to actually speak to the people but you've also got the confidence in your own photography skills to just approach people in the park or in the street people that you think are a bit unique looking or just they have something and tell me again because it was a great way just to how you br- um, break the ice but tell me how you approach these people because it's brilliant i would never i could never do it i would uh, you see that if you were to tell me go up to him and ask me if ask him if you could take a picture i would have butterflies <laughs> and nerves and shaking and everything um, um yeah so i feel that the first time i really did that is I did feel shy and I did feel, what if they say no? Or, um, but I, I really had the confidence because I'd been doing photography for a long period of time. 
And I think because I've gained confidence through sharing my photographs on social media and also selling prints, and I feel that I then got the confidence to go out to talk to people because I do love meeting new people and I love making new connections because I feel that with photography that has really helped boost my confidence and I think going out and talking to people and just asking people, oh, you have a really nice jacket or you have a nice hat, um, would it be okay if I take a photo of you? And some people then again do say no, but I feel that if someone does say no, it's you just have to move on and find someone else. But there will always be that opportunity where someone says yes, and you're like, yes, right, I've got this person looks really nice, and I'm really glad that I got a photo of them. And also being able to then maybe give them a print of that photo or being able to show the photo to them, and it really helps bring a smile to them. Uh, yeah, definitely. And that's something that I'm really glad that I've been able to do with photography is that I'm really happy that I'm doing photography and I have a passion for it. But being able to make other people happy within it also makes me happy because I've made someone else yeah. smile. I think it's, 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 it's the saying, it's nice to be nice, and it is a nice feeling when you know you've made, not necessarily made their day, but you've sent someone on their way with a smile on their face, and the people that you have approached, they might be having the worst day ever, do you know? And I guarantee a lot of the people that say no to you I actually want to have the photographs taken, yeah. but they're probably just too shy of the kind of the other people that might be round about in the vicinity watching and stuff. But um, no, that's a great, it's a great way, and it's potential clients, it's potential customers as well. And I'm sure some of them have, have went on to buy your prints and, and, and things as well. Um, do you, is that what you see as a as a kind of career for yourself? Definitely. Yeah, so I feel that because I've been doing photography for a while and it's something that I've always had a passion for, I feel that continuing doing photography has really helped me thought to myself that I can do photography as a career and it's something that I do want to continue doing because I feel that Again, I'm making myself happy and it's something that's helped me to keep going. And I feel without photography, I would find it difficult to have conversations with people and to socialise with people. But photography has really helped me to push out, to explore, to connect, and also to show people, again, how beautiful the world is but also to show people all the memories that I've created because photography can tell a story, but also it can really depict on something that you've been through or something, the challenges you've faced. And I feel photography helps me to push out from all the challenges that I've faced and it's turned the challenges that I've gone through that I can push through them and show people that, Sometimes it is difficult, but sometimes it takes a wee bit longer to push through that challenge. Yeah, but also believing that you can do it, and if you believe in yourself, then I believe someone else can do it. 
It's a, it's, a, it's a domino effect, isn't it? If you show the world that what you can do, then people then uh, take inspiration from that, you know, and then it, it just keeps on going and going and going. Um, when I picked you up today, I mean, it's a, it's a cold kind of getting to that uh, late autumn, early winter kind of time, um, and you were standing there at the side of the road with the brightest, biggest yellow bomber yeah. jacket on, with the brightest red trousers, and I'm like, you just... That's you. I mean, you're like, I'm just screaming positivity. Uh, here I am, dressed in black, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, it's cracking to see. Um, you're now moving on uh, moving on to, to portrait photography. You've kind of found a, a new, just something else to try, basically, and expand on. How are you finding that? Yeah, so I think portrait photography was something that I really wanted to explore. And I feel because there's so many genres and there's so many different things that you can explore in photography. And I feel that portrait photography is something that I was glued to because I feel that when you take a portrait of someone, you can really get a sense of someone's personality, someone, how they dress. And I feel that I'm always looking for people who are really uplifting, people who are bright, colourful. And always, I really want to get to know other people's stories because I believe that everyone does have a story to tell. And I feel that everyone should be able to tell that story. And I know that some people do find it difficult to help get in touch with people to tell their story. But I want to help more people and to help more people to become more positive within themselves. But also I feel that there is the lack of people that sometimes find it hard to love themselves. And I feel that loving yourself can sometimes take a while. But I feel that once you love yourself, you're able to love other things as well. And I feel as well, if you don't love who you are, then how can you love someone else? No, I, totally, I totally agree with that. And it, it, it is so true. And a lot of people kind of um, bypass themselves, they don't work on themselves enough to actually figure out what truly makes them happy. Uh, and they'll go up, go along with kind of social, the, the way society says you should live your life. And there's so many people out there that don't have a facial difference, that maybe have a lot of money or whatever on paper or whatever they might post on Instagram or social media, they might have the best life in the world, but they're just living a big lie, you know, whereas it's a lot more kind of real that you're just doing your thing, wondering about Shawlands and rain, sun, whatever it may be, yeah. taking pictures, speaking to people. You've got a... You, you've been commissioned or asked to help in a fashion show, is that right? Which is amazing. So tell us about that. Um, so, yeah, so because I've been doing portrait photography for a little while, and I got in touch with some people who have been in fashion shoots and people who have done modelling before, and they said that they wanted some fashion shoots uh, to be done, and I thought that this would be a great experience. Yeah, definitely. And also it would be a great chance, again, to meet new people, but also to show that I do still have that passion and that fire that I do want to continue doing photography. But I feel that because portrait photography can sometimes be 
that you're always moving about and you're always trying different poses and you're always trying different things out. And I feel with photography you can really experiment and you can really change how the model poses, but also you're depicting on whether um, portrait photography can help inspire other people because also you're taking a photo of that person. You don't know that person, but you get to know them. But then when you share that photograph, other people can learn about them and get to know them as well. I know, so the pictures tell tell a story, do you know, and we're, we're all different, but like you say, we've all got a story to tell. Uh, but, so we shouldn't think that photography is your only talent, no, because you're a good dancer, you love you love a dance, so you've been gracing the streets of Glasgow and Govan Hill with contemporary dancing, is that the right kind of short yeah. genre? Um, tell us how that makes you feel, and, and I, I'm not a dancer, do you know, I, <laughs> I shit myself. <laughs> if somebody asks me to dance, I'll dance at a Kayleigh because it's set steps, but see at a party if somebody says, do you want to dance? I'm, I'm holding <laughs> on to my seat like that because I have not got a clue what to do. So tell us about the, the dance. Um, so dancing has again has always been a passion like photography but dancing came about even before photography so dancing came up since I was maybe three or four years old and it's also really helped me again to make connections with people but also to show people and believe that I believe that anyone can dance I believe that dancing is for everyone So I believe that I'm always, because I do love listening to music as well, so I'm always listening to my favourite music. Who's your Um, favourite just now? Who's who's So I really think that I do love a bit of rap music, so I do love um, all the DJs and and so I do love AJ Tracy Mm -hmm. um, and... I just love all the, I love really upbeat music, music that's really going to get you up mm, and lift your mood. Like the yeah. energy and the positivity. And I feel because music's really powerful, I feel that music can again, it can help make connections with people, but also like dancing and photography, music brings people together. And I feel that that's what I always want to do is bring people together. Because I believe when we bring people together, we can have those conversations, we can have those um, stories that we want to tell. But when we make those conversations, you can remember those conversations, you can create memories, and you can remember those moments. Because when you talk to someone that you don't know, you could end up maybe going back to talk to them again because you've learned something about them. You've learned something, maybe something they're passionate about. And I feel if you have something that you're passionate about, I really want people to share that passion because then I'm able to share my passion. And you never know, we might have the same passion or we might have the same energy that we want to try and achieve something. And I also believe that if you have something that you want to achieve, if you have a goal that you've set, is again, take those little steps and those little milestones. And I believe that if you just achieve a small milestone, you can do great things. Oh, and I believe that a small milestone is a great thing. 
Because when you achieve something, you've made yourself happy, oh, but also you've made other people happy as well. Yeah, definitely. And your dancing uh, took you down to London a couple of years ago, yeah. is that right? Yeah, so, so tell us that you were featured on Children's in Need, uh, uh, Children in Need, sorry, a live show where where you danced to a Robbie Williams song. So tell us a bit about that, because that, that's amazing. I've seen that, and um, also the song, what it means to you and stuff as well, because... Pff, you would have only been 18 at that time, is that right? Yeah, so dancing um, has made me travel to places. Like you said, I went down to London to do a dance performance live on TV. And that was the first time that I'd ever done a dance performance live. But I felt that I wasn't scared and I wasn't shy because... It was on TV and I wanted to show people that I wanted to show people that I love dancing. This was your chance. This yeah. was all you ever wanted. This was basically your chance to be up there on stage in front of literally millions of people. And I can't remember who the presenter was, but I remember she said words to the effect as, now Dylan, are you ready to dance live in front of all these millions of people? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> quite happy about it. Most people would have been so nervous, but you were just really up for it. You were good to go. Um, and do you think that's what it was? Because your whole thing is to provide inspiration and positivity to people. And you were that you were over the moon that you've been given this chance not to just inspire a, a couple of tens or hundreds or thousands of people. It was literally going over live to the full of the UK. Yeah, so I feel that when I was dancing, I had that burst of energy and that feeling that I wanted to shine. And I feel that once I'd done the performance, I really felt proud of myself that I'd done it, but also because my mum was backstage. Um, so she she really was proud as well. And also I think because I danced to a really powerful song and a song that Robbie Williams uh, sang, and because I danced to his song, uh, funnily enough that he then, after the dance, came and sent me a voice message. No way. Um, so he sent me a voice message. Well, it was on a video, wasn't it? it was yeah, a video. a video. And they showed me the video and I was just amazed because I danced to his song and then afterwards he uh, said something about the way that I danced on the video. And he was really thankful that I picked his song yeah, to definitely. dance to. But also, it wasn't just him. They had a few Strictly judges. And one of the judges, I forgot what his name was. Anton but Debeck. Yeah, was and he, he <laughs> just uh, held up the number and said, 10. <laughs> um, so it was really good to just get that positivity and that feedback from the dance but also I felt that it was a moment to remember because it's something that I really loved doing and again I thought because there was millions watching I knew that I had made a difference and I had made a difference to lots of people and tell me you need to tell us a song <laughs> so the yeah. the song was Love My Life right, by Bobby okay. Williams why that why that song I felt that that song, because I felt that at that time I did feel that I did love my life and I felt that I did love who I was and also because I was given this life, just because I was given this life, because I felt that it was a life that 
Sometimes I may find those challenges and those obstacles, but I've found moments where I can shine and those moments where I can turn a negative into a positive. But the, that song really helped change how I feel about myself, but also, again, to show that kindness towards people because I felt that that song was so powerful and it was a song that has always stuck with me yeah. and I still listen to it today. Yeah, it's an amazing song and I, I, I'm not Robbie Williams' biggest fan, I must say, but I like that song and the words, I've wrote them down because when I watched um, your clip, watched it a couple of times, it was um, you danced, it was quite a short dance, but the verse was, I love my life, I am powerful, I am beautiful, I am free. And you, you were free in that moment, you're free in all moments, I'm sure, but you were dancing on that stage. It looked like you could have been dancing in your room, in your bedroom, yeah. to be honest. You were just totally in the zone. There was no one there that was going to put you off. It was it was like a, a totally um, incredible moment. And he was he obviously caught wind of it and sent you a, a video message. Were you quite emotional then? Yeah, I feel because he sent that message, um, I did get quite emotional because... Again, I'm such a big fan of Bobby Rollins as well and he has really helped me sometimes to to push through the struggles because again the again music is really powerful. Mm. And I think sometimes if I am feeling down or I'm having a bad day, I will just listen to that song and those words I am powerful, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am free. Because, again, like when I dance, I believe that I am free. I believe that I can forget about anything else. I can let all the negative thoughts and feelings wash away. And I can just move how I want to move. And just also, it's kind of like I've got the music in my head and I'm using the beats to move around. But also, I'm showing people that I love dancing, but I believe that you can dance as well. Yeah. You'll need to teach me. <laughs> You'll yeah. need to teach me. You'll have your work cut out. So were they moves all your own? You just yeah, made that? Yeah, so I feel that because I've been doing dancing again for a long time, I've been able to learn new moves, but also teach new moves to other people. And I feel that because dancing is so powerful and there's so many moves that you can do, is that I'm always eager to learn new dance moves. And also, I feel that because music is powerful, there's always fast or slow music. And I feel people say that slow music is really sad and really calm and peaceful, yeah. whereas fast music is really upbeat and really you're really trying to get your energy out there. And I feel sometimes I really like those songs where you're starting off really slowly and you're feeling, you're going, it's kind of like you're doing slow motion. You're going to start dancing but now. Then, but <laughs> then also it picks up and music gets faster yeah. and that's when you can pick up yeah. and get faster and faster. It's a good way to express yourself, isn't it? You could tell you were just totally lost in the moment then. So do you think that, do you think you still continue to pursue that avenue with dance? Maybe more as a hobby? alongside your photography or do you see just the two going hand in hand to an extent? I think because dancing and photography are two of my biggest passions and they're two things that I do want to keep doing and I feel through dance is something that lots of people said that you can maybe become a dance teacher and teach other people how to dance yep. and I think through photography again it's just showing people how I see the world 
but also showing how beautiful the world really is. But I think dancing and photography uh, sometimes have that the same connections because through dancing and photography, I've met new people. Through dancing and photography, I've been able to show people that if you have that passion or that belief, then go for it. If you have something that makes you happy, uh, go for it. But also, doing dancing and photography has made other people happy and it's made inspired other people to maybe think, well, maybe I should do dancing because I've seen that person dance before and it's yeah. really helped me to be inspired by that person. Oh, definitely. No, it's, it's amazing. Um, what I wanted to uh, talk about is going back to how the world sees you and how you see the world. Uh, Dylan, you, you put a post on today. Um, we're obviously only a week away from Halloween and you held up a card, a, 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 a sheet of A4 paper and it, and it said, I am not your villain. Tell us a bit about that because it was powerful and it made me, at first to be honest, it made me think, what does he mean? And then I, obviously I clicked and then I read your comments as well, which uh, well, it, wasn't, it was your comment, it was quite a, a definitive comment explaining that actually, like, is it fair to portray people with facial differences who maybe look a bit different as scary or horrible or something out of a movie or like actual bad people. Um, tell us your thoughts behind that. Yeah, so I feel that because I feel that it's the way society works and I feel that it's the way that how society sees people and I think because... I know that the world's always changing, but I feel that society has stayed the same for a long period of time. And I feel that lots of people, I feel, still still today, is that they can be too judgmental. Yeah. And I feel that when you see someone, some people will judge them straight away rather than getting to know that person first. Because I believe if you get to know that person first then you're getting to know them that they're actually a nice person mm. and they're actually someone who's not scary, who's... They might not be good-looking, but they might have something that you you can learn about their personality. Mm, and I feel because so many people are too judgmental, they're actually missing out. Like, that person could be amazing, they could have a great personality. But I feel as well, if you see something that you're unsure what it is or you judge it straight away, is sometimes if you look closer. So, for example, if you pick up an object or something that you think, well, this doesn't look very nice, but if you look closer within or around that object, you will find something that is beautiful and you, you will find enough. something that's unique. Yeah. And I feel that when you do that, you're turning that negativity into that positivity about that person. And I feel I put that post up because I felt that there is change that needs to be done. But I felt that giving that message to people and telling that message is really helps people to understand that there are people out there who are still judgmental. But it's the message that I want to give and it's also something that I feel passionate about because I feel that talking about facial differences and these different conditions is really something that I always love to do. 
But I feel that, again, the campaign Changing Faces, again, has really helped me to get my message out there. But also it's helped me to show people, if you have a message, then why not share it with people? And I think because there is that lack of understanding again and that lack of awareness, Changing Faces is a charity that helps people to promote their message, but also to say that if you do look a bit different, it's okay because you do have a condition or if you do have a facial difference, it's something that you can give that story or that message but turn it into a positive. That's brilliant. I think um, I think you, you touched on <coughs> like Netflix and all that, but the, the TV um, shows and stuff, they kind of have a part to play as well. But have you ever seen the, the, the movie uh, Wonder, I think it's yes, called? Yeah. Which is about the wee boy that's got the facial difference. And that's an amazing film. I watched it um, as a family maybe about a year ago. Um, do, do you think that that gives out a good message? There needs to be more kind of movies like that just to highlight the the obstacles and the hard times that people with these conditions and differences have um, and make it more kind of acceptable that and out there that this is what people are faced with instead of portraying people that have physical differences as being some sort of monster or, or scary. Yeah, so I feel the movie Wonder creates a really positive way to show to people that facial differences isn't always a negativity, that's not negative. And I feel that the movie Wonder really shows people that there is people that will stay because, again, the lack of understanding. Mm. But the movie Wonder shows people is those moments of kindness because if you're kind to someone, they'll be kind back. And I feel that you can always, if you're kind... And that message is like a cycle again. So you're able to spread that message of kindness to people. But I think the move, what the movie Wonder does is that they're showing someone who's different, but they're showing that he has overcome these challenges, but he's turned those challenges into positives. And I feel that that quote from Wonder, why blend in when you're born to stand out, Ah, nice. I never picked that up. Ah, that's a great quote. So that's one that you've you've pulled and you you really it, it hits the nail on the head, doesn't it? Um, there should be more films like that. Maybe you can produce one. Maybe yeah. that can be your, maybe that can be your next thing. Um, so what's 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 in store for you? What's your future? How do you see it? Because it's full of positives. It definitely is full of positives. You've just turned twenty. You've got your own new business. You're in the last year or two uh, of college. You've got quarter of a million people that follow your story, and that most people out there, I think it's fair to say, that have that social media following, they either do it through taking their clothes off, they either through do it through portraying a life that they actually don't have, but they want the world to believe they have. They buy their followers, or there's some gym guy that's <laughs> out his head in steroids. Do you know that? That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> the four the four categories about how you get such a following. Whereas these people follow you for one reason, and that's your positivity. Um, will you continue and try and inspire and influence people whilst still working on your own business uh, business aspirations? Yeah. So 
I feel that as I go further into the future, again, I just want to continue giving those positive messages and giving that kindness back to people. Because I believe that when you're being kind to someone and you're sharing your positivity, you're having an impact on the world and you're making the world a better place. Because, again, I think that the the world lacks the positivity and I feel that the world does need more positivity and kindness. I think the world needs more people like you, Dylan, to be honest. Um, Dylan, thanks very much. Honestly, you're a true inspiration and I mean that totally genuinely. Um, when I first started following you, it was long before I had an idea of coming on a podcast. It was literally one of the first people that... Um, that I clicked the follow button on and you have made a difference to my life and I show my kids your posts and that as well and I know they're 9 and 14 and both of them are like what's Dylan saying today sort of thing so uh, honestly you're, you're doing so so much good for so many people out there so thanks very much for taking the time to come Thank on and tell so your much. story.